Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All to play for, sir. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast with a rogue back screen there. Um, I do really need to get a producer for this. I need to get a producer. I'm like the monkey player. I'm like the monkey and the organist as well at the same time <laughs> in this. But anyway, besides my technical faux pas, Paddy, how are you doing? Not too bad, Neil. You? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm off work tomorrow, so I'm going to have a few little tipples tonight and um, some American food to... It's the NFL draft, and anybody that knows me, literally, I just follow sport. There's just nothing worth watching on TV other than Line of Duty and sport. And um, this is just one of the, I suppose, one of the the, the pilgrimages to the couch that I make uh, every every year is to stay up for the NFL draft for the three days of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna savor those these next three nights eating American food and drinking different beers and and liqueurs. So I'm. Long and short of a petty is I'm in great form. And I'd be in even better form, Paddy, if we go away and we smash Everton at the weekend, and that's what we're here to talk about. Uh Villa play Everton in Goodison Park, uh two traditionally uh historic teams, the oldest, the longest, the most played um fixture in, yeah. in, in British football. And um two proper teams. Uh I suppose we've we've just come from manufactured uh rewriting of history for for some teams with it that were going to enter the super league uh, and then we've got two of your most historical um successful and uh, community-based really kind of heart of the community-based teams um in british football um so this is really one for the purists i think at the weekend and, and one i'm really looking forward to yeah should be should be a good game uh everton They've been kind of like ourselves, had a meteoric start to the season, even better than ours. Um, 
had a number of fantastic results. Not not big scoring results like our uh, Liverpool's or Arsenal's, but they've been grinding out results. But kind of fallen off the wagon really in the last few weeks. Um, and and I know they they did beat Arsenal last week, but sure everybody beats Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some teams beat them twice. Some teams beat them twice, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that was their first uh, win away to Arsenal in, I'm going to say, 15 years or something that I read today. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're a decent side. We've a lot to deal with. Um, they'll throw the kitchen sink at us, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a strange game. Um, and hopefully we can get something out of it. And I think we can get something out of it. I'm just searching for a, a statistic here that I can't remember, and I can't even remember the context of it. I was sent it today about this game, um, about the, the percentage of, uh, what is it, the, the amount of times this game has been played as a percentage of the amount of top-flight games that have been played in history. Uh, it, it was something mad. I, I, I can't find the actual statistic now. Um, but if I do find it, I will post it to social media. But it was it was really interesting. It just goes to show the the traditional nature of these two teams. Um, yeah. I I think this I, <laughs> I, I I I saying that that like I think Everton are a very good barometer of where we need to be and what we need to get to and who we need to um and and, and where we need to aspire to to uh, to be. And the reason for that is we've said this before. Everton have spent big. Everton spent big the last four or five years, you know, like they've gone away. They've, they've dropped money on Andre Gomez. They've gotten him from, um, you know, you know, from, from uh, was it Barcelona, I think it was. They've signed Allen from Napoli. They've signed Digne at, at uh, left back. Big money there. James Rodriguez. These, these aren't mugs coming from nobody teams. These are players coming from big teams. And look at their, look at their manager. So what I say, what I'm trying to say here realistically is, Everton are a team that have stuck to a well have have had a, a long runway to get to where they are. They've also signed Alex Awobi for nearly for 35 rising to 50 million as well, which yeah. you know we're not going to talk too much about that one. But what I'm trying to get at here is that Aston Villa are building towards to be a team like Everton. Everton are eighth in the league this year. They didn't exactly finish they didn't finish in the top six last year as well. And what I'm trying to get at here is for people who thought because we had a superb start to the season, we did have a superb start to the season, but the squad squad depth is everything in the Premier League. And when you yeah. look at Everton's squad depth and the fact that they're in eighth position with a Champions League winning manager and, Char- and Carlo Ancelotti, Aston Villa squad depth, which is nowhere near Everton's, and we're on we're we're seven points behind them in eleventh position, albeit with a, with a, a game in hand. But um, being in that position is. Um, is something it's not to be sneezed at, I think, is what I'm trying to say here. The job that Smith has done, even though we did come out of the traps like a, a shot out of a gun, so yeah. did Everton. Calvert Lewin couldn't stop scoring goals, doubles, hat tricks, you know, at the start of the season. He was completely on fire. He's gone null and void since the turn of the year. Villa uh, have been the same. So, you know, the fact that Aston Villa have expedited our growth within this, within, within, over the course of this year. With the squad depth not anywhere near like where Everton's is and so on, yeah. I think that's a, that's a testament to the great job that Dean Smith has done. And I spoke about this in the Villa View. Like it, even when you, when you put it in the context of that, like this is this is it's been an amazing stuff from from uh, from Aston Villa this year. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's a it's a very good barometer, and I think it's oh. some it's something that we'll address probably this time next year when we look at at the at whatever fixture comes towards the end of next season, and see where both teams are. Um, like Everton have a process there, and they're, they're, let's face it, they're probably ahead of the process given mm. what they've brought in. Um, we need to be on a par with that next year and and push on and push on and and bring um a little bit of talent in there, or should I say, a lot of talent in there. Um, that that we can rotate players and, and uh, as I've said many times, take the pressure off Jack, put the pressure in other departments across across the across the attacking front, and uh, you know I truly believe that the owners will will back us up to that to that in the summer. Um, I think it's a big summer for us. Um, we'll we'll talk about that again, but you know Everton, um, you see they extended the contract of their director of football there during the week as well, so. You know they they've they've a process in place there. They they intend to stick with it. His name is escapes me. He's, he's Dutch as far as I remember. Um, Brand. I'm gonna say could be wrong. I actually don't know. Yeah, all very, they're all, very, yeah, they're all very excited about it. I've I've a friend who's a big Everton fan and likes to tell me when they do something big and he considers this signing the the director of football onto a new contract as as being a big deal. So. Well, I suppose having a director of football like that, you know, he's if he was there last year, he's kind of proven his work getting that in and 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 James Rodriguez in there. And I know, as I say, I keep coming back to it. This um, having a manager like they do is is a huge pull. And 100%. Uh, you know, having Coleman prior to that, and having um, having Silva prior to that, you know, they uh, their pulling power is, is 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 outstanding, really, for the the I I suppose the relative lack of success that they've had. Um, you know the new new owner has come in and really turned them around. Um, obviously keeping people like Bill Kenwright on the board uh, in an yeah. advisory capacity. Bill Kenwright should go down as one of the, one of the good guys of football. I really believe that. And uh, you know, was a bit of a deadly dog type, but his heart was maybe was was in a good place. And mm. um, knew he needed to sell. Had the best best um interests of the club in hand. Yeah, and and he's shown that now, and he's he said, listen, look, uh, we need money to compete in this league, and there's just no two ways about it. He didn't have it, and uh, they've they've really gone on from strength to strength. Really, they have. It's yeah. just it just goes to show how fucking difficult it is to break that top six. Like oh, Leicester, is. Leicester yeah. did it, and they've stayed there. That's 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 some achievement, but mm. it's bloody tough. Mm. Like, and for for those that don't know, like there's there's a whole generation that missed out on the fact that in the eighties. Everton were winning the league, winning yeah. FA Cups, winning a, a, a Cup Winners' Cup as well along the way. Everton are a bloody big club with, you know, if you've never been to Goodison Park, try and get there next season before they move or, or the season after because I know it's one I've earmarked myself to try and get Stephen to go because it's a magical place when, when, the, at, stadium, when the atmosphere yeah. is there or, or if you've got a tight game, the atmosphere is phenomenal. A big old wooden stand that they put the away supporters in, uh, in the corner. And I, I nicknamed it Woodison Park so, so many years ago for that reason. But uh, it amazes me that it passes any fire inspection with the yeah. wood. So, you know, it's dated. Obviously, they're moving on in a couple of years. But um, I, I have a bit of a soft spot for Everton, and I always have mm-hmm. from that first trip. I, I went to Goodison Park. Um, it it is it is you know one of the last remaining old style grounds like our own, and uh, a real you know they they call it the club of the family club or the cl- club of the people or whatever whatever they call it, 
Um, it really is. They're really, really friendly club, similar to us. Um, you know, regardless of being in, in a wayside, like I, I've been there some great days. I went to an FA Cup quarter final. Um, I actually went, funnily enough, to Wayne Rooney's return when he signed for Man United, his first game back at Goodison Park. And the atmosphere was unbelievable. So I just happened to be in Liverpool that weekend. But um, yeah, it's 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 a great place if you get a chance to go before, regardless of who they're playing, get there before they knock it down because it, you'll, you'll regret it in years to come. You know, the, I've only ever been in Goodison Park once and it wasn't even for a Villa game. We were over there, we were after winning um, the, the county championship in the GEA in 2005 and in 2006, we all decided we'd all go as a team to Liverpool. And we bought tickets. We got tickets for the game. I think we bought them off a couple of a uh, couple of tourists outside the ground. We went in, but um, Georgia Samaras. They were playing against Man City, and Georgia Samaras made his uh, his debut for Man City. And uh, yeah, it was. It, I, I can't really even remember the game. All I remember was the fans were singing very, very unrepeatable songs about what people were going to do to Joey Barton. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, Joey Barton was get was getting a lot of stick, absolutely a lot of stick. Um, I think there was something to do with his brother as well. There was something in the news, so the fans didn't go, yeah. didn't go, go, go easy on him whatsoever. And mm. a, and during the warm up, he lined up about four or five balls, and he just booted them into the crowd. You know, lined up people and just kicked them at people in the crowd. And I remember watching, I remember seeing, it and I was going, he really is a bad egg, like you know, or he's just like he just what he was, he was an aggressive man you know yeah. and he came across as an aggressive man even in the warm-up he couldn't he couldn't take the heckling and uh he took it out in the fans but yeah yeah he they actually one of the coaches went in and told him to go into the dressing room and he went in uh, midway through the warm-up um but yeah that was my views of um of, of goodison park but a lovely old stadium great spot and um yeah fair play to to as i say to everton uh for um, you know where they've come from and all they've done, and you know yeah. they're going to be moving out to that stadium, which is going to kick them on another level as well. But uh, this isn't an Everton podcast. You may think that we have, <laughs> you've maybe turned on the wrong podcast. This is an Aston Villa podcast, and we've a hell of a lot of positives and a hell of a lot of good things going for our club too. Um, and we have, we're going to be a small bit buoyed, I think, by that two-two draw uh, against West Brom. You know, we would have obviously loved to win it, but. What are your views? How do you think this team is going to, not even going to shape up, we'll talk about that in a moment, but what do you think the mindset of this team is going to be going into this game after that last minute grabbing, you know, rescuing a draw from yeah. the jaws of defeat? Well, I'm, I'm sure they're going to go into it on a positive note. Um, you know, two huge positives to finish the game last weekend with, the you know, Wesley coming back after so long out yeah. and finally um, a goal for Keenan, which was you know, important for his confidence, I'm sure. Um, also, um, Matty Cash signing a new deal today. Matty Target. Matty Target signing a new deal today. <laughs> Matty Cash will be back. So that we'll have Matty Cash back as well. I didn't think. Uh, I didn't. I thought some of the criticism of Elmo was a bit unnecessary. I thought he did okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was fine. No problem with him. Um, but you know, obviously, good to have Matty Cash back. There, you know, he's, he gets forward a lot more than Elmo. He gets further forward than Elmo. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult, strange kind of setup because um, Everton try and overload the midfield, and that's where we've been kind of at our weakest 
I'm going to say, since Christmas. Mm. So it's going to be a very interesting team selection. Um, you're, look at, you're looking at, for me, did they bring Nakamba in there to sit on James? That's the, that's the $6 million question. Do they let Douglas Louise do it? Um, I don't know. But somebody will have to do it because if not, he'll get in there and pull the strings and he'll absolutely destroy it. And he won't be the other one either. You know, they've got... Uh, it won't be the only one, I should say. Sigurdsson and Alan as well, you know. Richardson. Um, Richardson, depending on whether he plays deeper or not, he has been known to play in the top two. Um, he has been known to play in the 10 role. He could literally be anywhere. He played a lot further forward against Arsenal last week. Um, so, yeah, um, they're a bit... I don't think Yeri Mina is fully fit. He came on for a few minutes last week. So that that's going to be a tough one for them. So you're looking at Godfrey and Holgate probably at centre half. Yes. If yeah. Yerry Mina doesn't make it. Um Lucas Dean, brilliant left back. Um will cause us trouble up and down the wing. I would rather it be Maddie Cash than Elmo looking after him. So I'm glad that Maddie Cash is back in there. Um and then we know what we're going to get with Seamus Coleman on the other side. So getting to their weakest link, I believe, is the guy that's in goals for them. Um, I'd probably put the mockers on it and he'll have a, an absolute stormer at the weekend but I, I, I just don't believe he's up to Premier League standard if not if, if whatever about England standard whatever they choose to pick him um, I think I think he, there's a mistake in him at least once or twice a game so I think we need to get at him and, and get in around him and hope that we can capitalise on one of them um, but yeah, they're a good side. I think I think he's the only the, the, the two centre half, depending on who plays. Godfrey is a bit raw, Holgate, decent, honest to good footballer. That yeah, that, talk, I, I, that's something I want to talk about actually, which is is the, the two centre halves, even if Yuri Mina is in there. Um Michael Keane, it could be argued, has been the glue that's kind of really kept that back line together. Yeah. Um, where'd you sit on Mason Holgate? Let's talk about him a small bit more because like he went out alone and he was on he was with West Brom and, and, and so on in the championship and, and he looked good. He always comes across me as kind of a nasty bit of business, somebody who could do something like this, you know, something something really kind of rash in a game. Um, like there's a nasty tackle there. I, I, and I don't know where I get it from. I can't pinpoint an exact mm. game that it happens, but I don't know. I just I just think I think he's been pretty solid this year, but it's kind of I've always watched the game and I've always wanted him to do something silly out of spite more so than expected him to. And I don't know where I get it from. I don't know why. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty much asking you to be my therapist here, try and coax it out of me as to why well, I, think was, I dislike Place um, and I, I I remember it was a particularly nasty tackle. I'm going to say Buendia. He did it on in the championship. Um, that's the only one I can remember. You know, and the likes of um, uh, I'm sure the manager that's there now wouldn't like that kind of uh, <laughs> well, well, I only put it, he he would surely drum that out of him because he's yeah. he's you know he's defensive minded, he he would he would have them all singing off the same hymn sheet, whether they're good enough to be at Premier League level, I'm not sure about Godfrey. I like Holgate, I I, I like him. I, I mean. I think he's okay as a footballer. Um, he would I, I wouldn't like him in my team, but I, I think he's a lot more solid than he used to be. Um, uh, he was the guy that um, Jed Steer put off in the 
the yeah. semi-final of the, the playoff as well, which was probably one of the funniest moments of a penalty shootout that Villa have ever been involved in. Um, Arguably, you could say that 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 steer though and got Jed Steer another contract. It probably did. You know, yeah. Well, hero status. And, and you know what? We've got lots of lots of uh, drawings here on the wall behind me, but uh, it's amazing somebody hasn't done uh, a sketch-up of that. If you do, I'll only take 5 to 10%, depending on the size. <laughs> 5 for A4s, 10 for A3s. But if somebody yeah. does uh, does uh, a, a sketch of that, I think it would sell out overnight. It's just such an iconic moment. It was such a silly stare he gave him as well. You know? yeah. So, but uh, fair play, it worked. Jesus, yeah. Worked. Well, he, he, we we all watched it going. Oh, is he going to break? Is he going to break? And he broke. And I and I think mm. that just got in his head then for the penalty, and then it was yeah. saved. But uh, yeah, getting back to to Saturday, I think I think they can be got out at the back, depending on how we line up. And that's going to be the six million dollar question. Does does he take the risk and go with uh, Ollie on the on the wing with Keenan through the middle, or what's he going to? I personally can't see it, but uh, that that will be the only thing that I would uh, I would change from my point of view because I reckon Keenan Davis would would absolutely destroy them. That's why that's why I was getting at the two centre halves. If Godfrey's mm. going to be in there with Cole Get. I, I'm I'm a lot higher, I think, on Godfrey than you are. Um I, I think he's a really good player. I think I but I th- I, I do think that he's going to like when I saw him play left back, I was really impressed with him out there for somebody that I expected to move into the center. Um, but I'm gonna be really interested to see him see how he does with getting roughed up. And to be honest with you, I don't fan it's not that I don't fancy Watkins against the two of them. I fancy Watkins against any defensive partnership, but I would like to see Davis come on and just batter them up front. And mm. the reason it's not because, hey, he just scored a goal and he crossed the ball in against Fulham and you know he's he's had two good games out of three. My 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 biggest thing about Davis is that now that Wesley is back, to change up the system mid-game doesn't mean two substitutions or two changes of, of position. Yeah. So if you do start if you start if you start Watkins out in the wing, he'll play wherever you want to play. Ollie Watkins would be fantastic and he'd play wherever you want to play him. But if Davis is flagging and there's 15, 20 minutes to go, you can bring on Wesley now that we have the options on the bench. And this is what we've been crying out for all, all season. So I think it's time to give Bertrand Traore a break. He's had about six or seven games in a row where he's been very ineffectual. He's done a lot of running around. He's just not getting on the ball. And when he does, he's not really making things happen. Mm. And he's getting frustrated and playing those blind cross balls across the field. Now, he didn't do it the last day, but we've seen him do that. I think yeah. it's maybe time to take him out of the firing line. I'm not. I, I, I'm probably okay with playing El Ghazi up front. Uh, I don't think we're going to go to a four four two. I'm probably uh, uh, okay with playing El Ghazi up there. Should I say in that in in the in the in the wide role and maybe alternating him with uh, with a Bertrand Traore. Just yeah. I just like I I think maybe it might be the time to take Bertrand out of the firing line for a moment. Now that we've got some options, play Watkins out in the other wing, Davis through the middle. I don't see what there's what's there to be lost by it. The only thing that would be lost by this is you w- we wouldn't have Ross Barkley. And do we play Ross Barkley against his former team? Consider, excuse me, considering the fact that there's bad blood between both uh, club fans and Ross Barkley, and it seems to be reciprocated. So, what do you think on that? So, we'll take a step back from Davis, go into midfield. Is it going to be Ross Barkley a midfielder? Do you think he plays? I know you mentioned Nakamba. Do you think maybe we look at Nakamba, Ramsey, somebody else inside there, and, and no Ross Barkley? 
Oh, I'd, I'd play Ross Barkley. You're the second one. Bardell said the same on the <laughs> Bellevue today. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. because... And 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 the, like my only reason for it is I think we're going to need legs inside there. I think we're going to need legs. And my big problem with Ross Barkley at the moment is, whether it's long COVID or not, is when he receives the ball and he's got his back to the player and, and he doesn't receive the ball facing the opposition goals, he is the most... In, I, I know he goes so far as to say he's the most ineffective player in the Premier League at the moment with his back to a goal. Mm-hmm. And... It's just he can't get turned at the moment. And I don't think I think it's a temporary thing because he could when he first came into the club. But I'm really uneasy with him trying to pr- even protect the ball. He just seems to be so ineffectual trying to shield the ball or anything like that. And I think he's going to have to pick the ball up an awful lot from the centre halves if he is played in a three. Um, he's going to have to drop a small bit deeper against this Everton team. But so I'm just a small bit apprehensive. I'll back him if he starts. I'm not going to be bitching and moaning and spitting fire if he starts. I'm okay with him starting. If I was picking the team, I might put a small bit more legs inside their midfield. And just kind of, if you're playing Keenan Davis up front with Ollie Watkins there, I wouldn't be asking Watkins to, to track back. So I'd be looking for my, my other midfielder to to, to yeah. work around. because like, I know I know he said that's what we want. We want to see Watkins. Mm. But that, that doesn't mean that's what it's going to be. Yeah. But, I think if if uh, if Dean has a choice of mixing this up up front or playing Ross Barkley, I think he plays Ross Barkley all day long. You know, I, what, think, you're I, right. think, I think we're going to benefit from this little bit of nastiness and there will be a little bit of nastiness. And if you can't go to a team whose fans obviously bloody hate you, even though he probably grew up in Evertonian, I don't know, he, he was obviously played for Everton. I don't know whether he, he's an Everton fan. but he is, yeah. But he, uh, it, it, do you think he wouldn't want to go out and, and absolutely bust his nuts on, on Saturday night? I think he would. I think this is the perfect opportunity to see what kind of players is in there. And, you know, if, if it is long if it is long COVID, I think he it won't be on, long getting rid of it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think he puts it aside on Saturday night and absolutely busts a nut. And then he's got a, a, a few more games. Like, I, I don't think we're going to pay the money that's been bandied about for him. I can't see it. But he's got a few more games to maybe try and play his way into. Like, what's to say we can't take him on loan again next year if he's not in the plans? If nobody else buys him, so he's got a. No, we won't, don't take him on, we, we won't take him on loan for the fee we paid for him. I can't remember what it was, but but five apparently million. I saw some. Was it five? five I thought it was five million. Yeah, I thought it was five million plus hundred percent of his wages, which was a pretty big chunk, you know. Mm. So like that's that's quite a yeah. quite a quite a lump of cash, but yeah. Maybe I don't, maybe think it was, I don't think it was a hundred percent of the wages. It's definitely five million anyway, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of the wages, but not not a hundred percent. Because as far as I know, he's on pretty astronomical wages. Yeah. yeah. But look, it's I think it's the perfect day for him. Um, I I would be of the the mindset that 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 this is the the one. I know there's no fans there to really get on him, but the players will know. It'll feed through to the players that the the fans will want mm-hmm. them to get stuck into him. And you know we we'll want them, him to get stuck into them and and really throw his weight around. So uh, I I I would go as far as putting my money on Ross Barkley playing and scoring on Saturday night. Well, right. So I'm going to call it early. So will I put my money on Ross? Will I put my 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 customary five euro bet on Ross Barkley scoring? So for him, or anytime. Yeah. Anytime goal scorer. Let's. Let's have a look. This is great. This is great for people who are listening on the podcast and not watching on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I think this. So, so in case you don't know, in case you don't know, what I try and do is I try and put a, a bet on every week, just a five euro bet. And I've said it before. Jesus, I'd be better giving the five euros to Henry the Brave, but I'm hoping to win a nice, nice bit of a pot. So I have forty. I think I've forty five quid in the pot so far from from twenty quid bet. So I'm I'm doing the right thing by putting on the bet. <laughs> put it that way. But uh, if and if anybody can spare a few pounds, you know Henry the Brave, just look him up on Twitter. There's there's a just giving um and there's there's a charity link there. It would be uh, I'm sure they would really really appreciate it. Um, but let's have a look at the gold scorer markets. So gold scorer markets, uh, Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley is five to one anytime score. I think that's worth a tenner. <laughs> I think that's worth a tenner to be honest with you. Yeah, so we'll put that on. Hi, this is mental. This is actually mental. Jaden Philogene Bidace is four to one to score any time. Ross Barkley is five to one to score any time. <laughs> Keenan Davis is three to one to score any time. Are you shitting me? Like, like that's 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 pretty crazy. You have to admit that's pretty crazy. Jaden yeah. Philogene Bidace, that's crazy. Like, like. Anyway, beyond <laughs> hopefully they do. Hopefully they all come. Carney Chukmawenka is twelve to one to score. No, there you go. There's her bet. Douglas Louise is ten to one to score. This is this is great. I'm looking at this. You, this want, is... you want to throw away your money? Put it on Douglas Louise to score. <laughs> Tyrone Mings is seventeen to one. You know how much I love a defensive goal, and plus I'm, <laughs> it's still open. I'll sing. I'll sing uh, for. I'll, I'll sing if we score from a corner. You know, so uh, that's all still open. But there's some. We do, look. We also do caveat that betting is not for everybody. When the fun stops, please stop betting. Only bet what you can afford to lose. And don't let it consume yourself. There are places that can help you with any betting issues. Uh, just look them up or DM us and we'd be happy to send you in their direction. But do not let betting become a thing. We're contractually bound, I think, to say that. Um, but anyway, getting back to the game, we've, t- we've been a bit tangential. I've been a bit tangential. You've been rock-solid professional um, during the whole lot of this, I've been a bit tangential. So talking about Georgia Samaras and what people were singing to Joy Barton and now going off on the whole betting thing there. So I do apologize <laughs> for that. So looking back at the midfield, the midfield axis that we're going to have in there, um, call it again there, just so we're sure. So are you saying it's going to be Louise Barkley McGinn? Yeah. I, I, I would, if I was picking it, it would be Nakamba Barkley McGinn. Because I think Nakamba would do more of a job on James Rodriguez, but I think it will be Louise Barkley and McGinn. Hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm at the stage where I can't disagree with any midfield three, and that's not me sitting on the fence. If I, if you were to ask me who I would pick now, I'd pick Louise Ramsey and, and, and McGinn. That's who I would pick, um, just to get a lot of speed, a lot of pace, a lot of recovery inside there, um, and just get around them because. I just think they've got a very, very technical midfield with Rodriguez uh, and Andre Gomez and Alan. Uh, I think it's a very technically minded midfield. They could yeah. basically all three of those could just stand in those three positions and create that triangle, and they could pass mm. the ball around you all day long. So I, I'm, I'm kind of more of I'm, I'm more of the uh, of the mindset that you know somebody like McGinn could have a, could could be a real plus point there in the middle. The fact that he'd be able to. Just basically like be like a, a dog chasing a car all day long and just continually hassle and harry them. Yeah. We've had some luck putting McGinn on Gomez previously. Gomez has had some poor games against us because yeah. 
while he's an absolutely beautiful individual of a man, he's got the most fantastic hair. Um, he is he's susceptible to throwing a Ricky in there when he's hassled and pressured. Um, but uh, he, 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 hasn't he, been also... same, he hasn't been the same since that nasty injury he picked yeah. up. Here. Yeah. You know, unfortunately for him, from him, but uh, because he, he was, he was a fantastic player. I don't know whether there's a bit of fear or whatever gone into his game, but uh, he's, he's not the player he was last season for sure. Um, I think it was Son that the it was unfortunate injury, wasn't it? It mm. wasn't wasn't intentional by any means. Um, yeah, I, I I think he can be got at. So I think I think there's a mistake in him as well. But uh, you know, our, our midfield hasn't been great. It is worrying that they can pack the midfield. They can, you know, I've I've seen them in action making little triangles and making fools out of guys, and that that can very very easily happen to us at the weekend. And it sucks in the fullbacks as well. When it happens, and as a result, leaves a lot of space on the wings for for the likes of Col- Coleman and Dean to get forward. So it'll be an interesting one for sure. Um, I am I right in thinking? Set me straight on this, like you always do. Am I right in thinking they signed Joshua King? They did, yeah. Not getting much of a run out, mind you. No, no, not at all. Um, but once again, it just goes to show that they've got a small bit of bit of depth there, you know, within their their strike force. Because yeah. I was actually I, I was racking my brains to try and think. Let's just say Calvert Lewin picks up a knock. Who the hell comes on? Who goes in? For, who goes in? Uh, in striker for them, and probably would be maybe Richardson moves in. They bring on Josh King, or else they play Josh King up there. But mm. um, interesting one, interesting one for but sure. Him, he's only played nine times. Um, I would imagine most of them are as a substitute. They're really, 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 ridiculously, really must be kicking themselves at letting Moise Keane go. Just didn't suit it, really. You know. Well, put, don't, I don't think it's suited him, you know. It's it's a strange put, thing to say that he can go put, and tear it up elsewhere. But put it this way: if if PSG don't sign him, I'd I'd take it. I'd send him a He's only twenty one years of age. I think there's a lot of that to be said. I think mm. that Ancelotti, Ancelotti doesn't suffer fools gladly. You know, him being Italian, I think Ancelotti would have put maybe a lot of pressure on him to perform in an Everton mm-hmm. shirt and. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a gifted player. You know, he really is. Made his debut for, for Juventus when he was like 15, I think it was. um, Something ridiculous like that. And mm-hmm. uh, 16, you know, so there's definitely a player inside there somewhere. But he's only 21 years of age and looks like Paris Saint-Germain. The rich get richer with regards to that. And they've they've seen a, a market inefficiency there and took him on loan from Everton. But Everton are going to ask for the big bucks. Everton are going to ask for the big bucks <laughs> when they come looking for him. So did you own him, Everton? Everton owned him, yeah, yeah. He was only on loan from um from Everton. Uh, Everton signed him for Jesus. They got him for a steal, twenty seven million. But then again, he was only nineteen, just gone twenty at that stage. Yeah. So you know, twenty seven for a twenty a twenty year old kid is uh, is a lot. A twenty year old kid that had already scored eleven senior goals. Now, granted, he'd scored eleven senior goals in nearly in just under forty appearances. Yeah. So um, that's not a bad return for a teenager, you know. So anyway, once again, this isn't an Everton podcast. We yeah. have our own Carney Chuck Moenko, who is just banging him in for fun from midfield, and I think we probably see him on the bench. Um, at th- this weekend again, mm. may not see him get game time, but we see him on the bench again this weekend. And long may continue because the future is very bright and it's very claret and blue. 
uh, looking at, at what some of our guys um, in the underage setup are doing at the moment. Maybe I was a bit too hasty to say Jaden for the Jean Bidace wouldn't wouldn't be was was uh, ridiculous to have him at four to one when he's never played a senior internet a senior um, yeah. senior start before. Paddy, what's the score going to be? The score is going to be a two-one win for us. I've gone for. I've I refuse to say we're going to lose anymore. <laughs> I've gone for a one-all draw previously, so I would be hypocritical if I changed my mind in less than yeah. less than two hours. Uh, I, I think, I think there's just a little bit of um, there's a little bit of a, a bite in us after the weekend. I think I think there's okay. a bit of good feeling around. Um, someone we haven't mentioned, uh, our old friend, uh, the snake might get a look oh, yeah. at me again. Now, he's no fans to deal with, <laughs> I'm sure he's delighted with that. <laughs> I actually don't, I, I was actually trying to think about it earlier. Jack is probably the only one left that would have played with him. Would that be right? Yes, oh Jesus, yeah, easily. Easily, that's some turnaround. That's some turnaround in five years. <laughs> yeah, crazy. And do you know what? We've probably turned over the team twice, if not three times, in that five years. Turn over the team. Not even talking about like the team is turned over. Like oh, yeah. think of it this way: three years ago, we had Yednak, Glenn Whelan, uh, Albert Adorma, um, Kaja. You know, we, yeah. we've turned over this 11 three times in the space of five years. That's, oh, yeah. that's insane. It's thing. understandable, too, when we change divisions and it needed I know. to be done. And then but we needed can't... to change it to stay up. And, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to what I said at the very, very start, you look at Everton and they're building upon their team. We're overhauling our team three times in five years. Mm-hmm. Context matters. Our position in the league, while, yes, we would prefer it was higher again, I yeah. will keep on saying this. The context of the moment matters in comparison to the past and we can only look to the future by by understanding what that context is. So a lot of people that are saying Smith out, he's taking us as far as he can go. He he has had zero, like there's been zero stability with the playing side. Well, since we moved to the Premier League, there has been. But what we've seen is the progression from year from year one in the Premier League to year two in the in the Premier League has been massive. So you know he deserves this chance to stay on is kind of what i'm saying but mm. context really matters you look as i said and this is the game this is the barometer barometer of where we are at the moment a big spending everton team looking to break into the top 6 top 6 with a champions league winning manager that are failing to do so maybe we're not doing as bad as everybody as, as some people think that we are maybe we are doing as bad as some people think and they're 100% right but maybe we're not in my view mm. the context matters some people are just impatient and they expect when you spend money that's going to change you just, you just need to look at what's what's above you the injuries that we've had <laughs> the stuff that went on around that covid outbreak you know all, all of these things you know i know i know i spoke about ross barkley having long covid that was said to me gdpr will probably never be allowed yeah. to confirm or deny whoever had it i know maddie target was the only one that told us he had it so the, the you know there's the, there's a whole lot of things to take into consideration here, and um, we've pro- a lot of people have gone in way too hard on the management, way too hard on the players. It's it's a progress. It's it's a work in progress, I should say. And uh, I think we'll we'll judge them as I said the next time we play Everton next season. Paddy, context matters. Was my thinly veiled uh, 
don't be so fucking impatient. That's what, that's what I was getting out of context. Man. When I heard the word context, I was waiting on a, a Peter Walton quote there for a second. In the context of this game, exactly. In the context, in the of, context of our process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, as I say, a trip to historic Goodison Park at the weekend for the most historic of football matches, probably the world over. Um, I would imagine that there's been no game played as much as this, well, in a league setting anyway. Um, two of the the behemoths of of uh, traditional British football is what I'm going to call them, and uh, two teams that I am are, are, I'm proud to say that one of those teams, should I say, is Aston Villa Football Club, founder members of the Premier League, and never let the world forget that because they're very willing to do so. Um, so shouted from the rafters at every opportunity you get. Here's hoping we have a fantastic day in Goodison um, at the weekend and that the Villa do come out victorious. You can always catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. Um, we have made a decision, guys, that we're not going to be posting um, on social media. We're going to be adhering to the blackout as well. Um, racism is bad should not be tolerated in any shape or form if there ever was a um you know something this that, that we could do a small bit to help in you know i hope that we can ever do it but this is all we can do at the moment to show solidarity with those in our own club like of tyrone mings most recently likes of some of the guys that have been on loan recently have suffered uh terry Wright, um our young irish winger has suffered this recently nobody should sit there and nobody should see this happening and allow it to happen. I think in, in the context of uh, of who from our club has suffered at the hands of these vile, vile trolls on, on all fo- platforms that we uh, we take a stand with them. And, you know, it's only a few days. We'll, we'll be back next week. And mm-hmm. normal service, our, 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 we will have made our point and normal service will be resumed. Yeah. And lads, if you know anybody that's, that, that partakes in this stupid behaviour, online have a word with them you know sometimes peer-to-peer interaction can be probably it's probably the purest form of of uh, rooting this out um but yeah listen we don't want to see it we don't want to see it happen it happens all too all too common unfortunately um so just bear it in mind as i say it's uh bear it in mind but we will be um uh boycotting social media for for the weekend that's in it uh as as the fertile of the pomegranate podcast but we will be back afterwards and hopefully we'll be back to celebrate an everton uh, uh villa win against everton an everton capitulation against aston villa um in goodison park so stay safe everybody uh whatever you're doing at the weekend enjoy it we're beginning to slowly open up here in ireland we've gotten some good news about opening up i can finally get my hair cut i hear you all say from the back of this from the back of the room there about fucking time yeah i'm talking about andre gomez uh yeah i've got a bit of the floppy fringe myself going on at the moment but um barbers are opening up soon pubs are opening up the 7th of june fortunately we won't get into a pub to watch a match this year but Anything that's approaching normality for next season will be welcomed. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. I did it again. Every single time.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.